just gonna conserve conserve as much, you know. Yeah, that's good. Are you conserving Flash. chest hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't. What? We can't see you as usual. As usual. As um, usual. Down here in the dungeon. What's your stank level? Stank level's high. Pretty high. Yeah. But hope, hoping to get higher with y'all. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. How are you? How are you? Well, wait, let me just say, let me say what's happening here. So, um, we have a guest this week, um, and our guest has knuckle tats with the name of one of the other people on our podcast. Uh, our guest is Matthias. I guess I'm the only one that fits. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good brain teaser. It's yeah, it's true. You're the only one who could be knuckle tats. Hi, Matthias. Hello. That was good. So good to see you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good to see you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and Matthias wanted us to watch Dead Poets Society this week and and nothing else and nothing I else have, I don't have time for any other movies to get in yeah. the way of <laughs> yeah, not just not just watch it's always yeah. special when we only do one movie yeah. it's like... I needed you to suck the marrow out of this movie <laughs> <laughs> I thought we're, we're supposed to suck the marrow out of something but I I couldn't remember for sure what. Mm-hmm. Can, can Let's I, just say uh, an hour to find out. Can we just can we just take a poll? Best line in the movie? Oh, your parents collect pipes. How interesting! Like maybe the funniest shit I've ever. Like it was just brutal. Did you see this when you were younger, Eric? Was this a uh, like? Yeah, this was something that text. I sadly rented on VHS at fifteen fifteen Echo Lane and stayed up alone on a Friday night watching and probably sobbed myself to sleep. So it's something like we needed to see. That's what I'm trying. I was trying to kind of feeling out this. Yeah. This last week or well, so. Wait, um. What did what what was your goal here, Matthias? <laughs> well, your, I no, think no, no, no. I mean, I, I was even saying like at, when we were kids that it was something. That no, you kind I know, of, I know, I know. But yeah, Matthias, I I was thinking about the the first incarnation of the dungeon yeah. and the the dungeon of the dungeon, and it was undeniable that this movie represents my dungeon. Yeah. Uh, in its, uh, in its fetishization, fetish, fetishization, yeah, of self-destruction inside of systems of oppression, yeah, mm-hmm. that that are also systems of entitlement, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, in its in its like deep deep closet, you know, and also oh, in like the deep yeah. closet of the mm-hmm. movies uh, is profound. Yeah, this is a movie about like like when women show up in this movie. It's so it's like as if they were fucking aliens. Yeah, you know? no, like, it really is. It really is an alien landing in the tree stump. Yeah, and Did also yeah, no, no I've yeah. got one. No, I was going to ask like if if uh, no go go Matthias. I'm sorry. The the, the cricket legs are, it up. the cricket the legs, cricket are, legs chirping. are chirping. No, I was like jumping all over the thing because it's so exciting. Like I was trying to. It's like I wanted to ask you about your house as a kid. Like it's like mapping out childhood of trying to figure out, like you know, kind of mm-hmm. coming back to this movie a little bit. And I think that's part. Like this is a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and this is a, this is a terrible script. Uh, and childhood's is, terrible, and ter- or right. like it's supposed to be terrible. Like it allows that space. The things that are meaningful to you at age thirteen or whatever are, are fucking ungodly. Yeah, you know, like so. <laughs> This this movie, but it still affects me, yeah. despite yeah. despite how 
like deeply ideologically dishonest it is how awful like robin williams is yeah and like but there's something about this movie that like it's and it's in the moment of them running out to the cave for the first time yeah yeah, yeah. it's in that moment of the mm. the play ending it's in the moments of like genuine seeming uh joy between these boys yeah you know that is like and it's in that moment of uh ethan and neil when yeah, we're calling Ethan Hawke's character Ethan, and we're calling <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the actor's name. I'm assuming, that, I'm, assuming no, that's that, right. I'm assuming we're talking about Neil from Heat here, right? Yeah, like this is <laughs> Ethan and Neil. It's a crossover. Yeah. No, you were gonna say the scene where um, the seduction scene, the seduction yeah. scene, yeah, and like the 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 romance between them is so believable and yeah. so like deeply romantic without even needing to be erotic yeah without my without my fan fiction mind filling in the blanks there it is this but it's like this fraternal openness like it's just from like this first oh i heard we're you know just it's that the entire campus like embraces you in this way it's just this strange but that was like mfa wonderland feeling too oh totally i mean i don't know (laughs) like this movie i i feel like um have we 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 really haven't talked about this movie before? No, I can't believe because I feel like I've had this like conversation about how this movie there's like because I worked in a boarding school for five years. This That's movie, my thing. Like, have yeah, y'all been there? Because it the is a little bit here and let you let you go into the. I mean, it's just like you. Of course, like who I relate to now watching this movie is like the dorm parent, like that old guy who's just like wow. Um, the one who has to like escort them to the meeting where they like snitch on Keating at the end, like uh, that guy, or like, and I relate to Keating a little bit, like the scene where they're like when he's driving yeah. the play and you don't even see him, he's just in the car and he yells like, "What's the?" I forget the name of the kid who like is trying is in love with the girl Chris. Knox, noxious. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Knocks over street. Mm-hmm. Like so great. Keating yells out of the car like, "Are you coming with us or not?" And he's like, "I'll catch up with you," but it's like. That thing of like being the adult in the car schlepping a bunch of kids somewhere and mm. like waiting a bunch of privileged kids somewhere mm-hmm. and like waiting around is like I spent just like years of my life yeah. like waiting around in my car for kids. Like I, I was thinking <laughs> about the you know the scene where he he does the like the choking on the marrow or whatever the, that line i was thinking about a, like what he ma- calls it i don't know Wait, you know suckling suckling choking <laughs> it's sucking on the nozzle sucking on the nozzle we are like really just like <laughs> flying around the concept of sucking a dick like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just oh yeah. okay just like the film does um, exactly. But I was thinking of like the you, you told me a couple of times there's two moments that I think about a lot in my life and one is when you were talking about like how you'd have to talk to like the high school boys and just be like just don't fuck this up. You know like when they would do something stupid it's like it's like yeah like if you're going to go out drinking or you're going to do like don't make yeah, it my yeah. fucking problem dude, you know. The or t- like, like yeah, or like, I like if they break glass someplace it's like dude, come on. And then there's a part in um true detective that i think about a lot too where like and i i hate woody harrelson in every dimension but i was thinking about like when he's like 
he's he's asking about like where they're he's trying to find somebody and the guy at the bar is like uh like i don't know i can't tell you anything and then he brings out his badge he's like why do you make me say this shit and like the why do you make me say this shit is like a deep maybe that's my deep dungeon because i sort of feel myself like never saying that but feeling that a lot like uh like why are you making me say this shit you know but like even as i complain about that, that that feeling it's like mm-hmm. it's also one of the most beautiful feelings yeah. i've ever had like that feeling mm-hmm. of like i don't know like working at a boarding school did like completely burn me out mm-hmm. but at the same time yeah, it, i was gonna say you always talked about like the, the energy or like a camera like some kind was, of it was uh, family communal. it's like a horrible family that you're stuck in yeah. and like but you you like because it feels like a family you like settle into this real kind of you can love people that you don't love like um was yours but it was co-ed right it was co-ed but like the dorm is where the real like meat uh, of life happens yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. where the you marrow know? yeah, yeah like yeah. that's where like there's just like so you were the dorm dad or like the dorm yeah. hall daddy Do- dorm dad yeah <laughs> yeah yeah was it one floor or was it multiple Two floors um and it was me i was always like the person who was in charge of my dorm but there was always one other faculty member um who lived there as well and we were we would split the nights that we were on duty <laughs> that you were on duty but like anyway there's so there's that part have of you it. tried out these moves did you ever did, uh, did y'all ever try out these keating moves in your <laughs> i'm so your glad workshops? that it was like that i only <laughs> saw it when it came out and then uh-huh. there was like a vast period of blank no i feel I like this no i feel like this was part of my fucking stupid dna of being the 112 teacher i love and trying and falling for this a little bit is this why you made this crashing and burning in panama but yeah this is part, this is panama this Although, is honestly panama. this like a documentary about you teaching that comp class the lost verses of panama like i think well, would be as inspiring perfectly more inspiring yeah just right on top lay it right on top do matthias do you like i can imagine you veering into like inspirational moments as a teacher like i was just teaching uh 16 17 year olds at kenyan for two weeks Mm -hmm. in between bringing up the idea of this and then coming back to it yeah um and having been thinking about dead poet society so much there was a kind of Mm self-awareness of like Mm -hmm. like the yeah, the the bullshit theater of the classroom that mm-hmm. you know how to make work as a teacher. Yeah, yeah. like I, yeah. I started I started this two weeks with them, and I was like, you know, we're we're artists, and as artists, we listen. That is like our only job, you know. And I was like, I don't know if I believe that, but it was like like <laughs> a way an to, attempt to get them to shut the fuck up and listen. It to was a, yeah, it was like a way to just like start with like here's a baseline mm, for the yeah. next two weeks together that I can keep coming back to and like I don't know, but I was yeah, I mean it, that is part of the the mixture of charm and fucking idiocy of the movie yeah, yeah. is like yes, like if you're teaching, I'm sure even in STEM, you know, like there there's <laughs> teaching is theater you know, in the same way that like, totally. mm-hmm. you know, the legal system is theater, you know, yeah. religion is theater. All these things are theater. Physics so, teachers may be even more than English teachers. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. STEM. Yeah, no, it is. And like, yeah, 
<laughs> there's little there's little gestures in this movie that like the thing that really got me like I don't have a lot of moments I can think back on as it were when I was teaching where I like was doing the Robin Williams moves although maybe like leaving the classroom if things weren't like like theatrically leaving the classroom like with the class like going for a walk or something but what really got me this time is like the moment what is it's like this little moment where he's doing a lesson Oh, it's when he has them read the first chapter of the book out loud to show what bullshit it is. Yeah, I like and that. And like while they're reading, it's the move where while they're reading out loud, he like gets up from Walking the desk away. and goes over to the chalkboard yeah. and starts drawing. Like, or doesn't he go get the garbage can? He goes to get the garbage can. Oh, no, 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 no he does no, the no, charts. He... he does the charts. Yeah, he walks away. <laughs> it's a great move. It it's is. It's a nice move. It's like... I, that's like a move. I, like I was so ashamed watching that this time. Like I could see myself doing it. Like in the, in that exact fucking way. That's like, what but I that's I I, that's good theater of teaching. Like yeah, when he, yeah, when yeah. it falls into the Robin Williams, like doing the funny voices, doing Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, that's when it's like like breaking this, the wall of the of that. Yeah, it's this embarrassing like hyperbole of yeah. like what it means to like like try to conjure a classroom space and try to conjure a space of like, of, of wanting to give a shit about this stuff that nobody yeah. should give a shit about. Nobody yeah. should care about fucking poetry. Like but, <laughs> like, but this is like way up there on meaningful teacher movies. Right. I mean, there's oh, a, yeah. there's a pantheon of teacher movies. Stand and deliver. Stand this. Oh, but stand and deliver. Yeah. It's like, that's when I was, well, what else is there? The substitute starring Tom Berenger? Renaissance <laughs> man. Renaissance is Scott man. Glenn ever a substitute teacher? Man. The one with the Coolio great. song. Oh, oh, yeah. Dangerous Minds. Dangerous yeah. Minds is great. There must be some old ones, though. Yeah. Blackboard Jungle. Black, mm. Is Blackboard Jungle a movie? Yeah, but I don't think it's inspirational. I think it's just like the students are rebellious. But I'm just saying, I guess it's always something that you... Yeah, it's like something we come back to. Oh, Tangent with Mr. Cooper? Hang with the, I was going to say to sir with love teacherly archetypes of this thing. Yeah. 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 Well, teaching is a day is definitely like a dungeon for us that we've thought about a lot, you know, like, right. um, I, I, I don't, I mean, I sort of agree with you when you're just like, like that was such a familiar thing, what you just sort of said about how you did that because it's, it's both sincere, but it's also self-aware, but I don't necessarily think that that makes it like inauthentic or something either. It's like, you have to begin someplace yeah. and that's just like the, the sort of like piece that you lopped off with and we're just like here. And mm. I trust that much more than like, um, you know, uh, it's so easy to, to kind of dislike the overly, um, like the micro measures of education versus just like, you know, I mean, my version of that, that, that you, you did is like, I, I teach the same class, like maybe six or seven times a year for, for like a decade, you know? And like, I've changed the books sometimes, but like, um, sometimes I like, I think about like, um, like, like, I don't even know that this ever works, but like, every once in a while for one kid, like, like we'll read like a joy Harjo poem and I'll be like, how many of you have ever like looked at a fucking horse? Like how many of you have like ever like looked in a horse's eye? I have no like point to <laughs> make. And then, and, then, like, and then like three of them will be like, like, yeah. 
And then I was like, you have no fucking idea <laughs> what is happening in there. Like, think about that as a shape. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's like, it could kill you. It seems to love you. You know, like, I have no, le- but like, think I'll just sort of spend shape. some time like getting it. Cause like getting that horse in. No, this well, is good. Working I, that horse I, in. I teach she had some horses a lot, you know, cause I think it's a really good book. Do you bring and- a horse in ever? I would honestly like. You know what I did one time? I brought in a sunflower for sunflower sutra. Yeah, when I had a good class, and like I was just like it, like it didn't feel like I was being like teacher of the year. It felt like I was just being like, mm. look at this weird shit. Like I like you know even if that I know the answer, I can still surprise myself because I think I'm so fucking brain damaged at this point in my life. You know, like when I'm teaching, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like you know, like here, I guess I'll experience this and then remember that I'm a human being, you know, like, I think that te- teaching is, I think the thing about dead poets, I was like, teaching, dare teaching, you teaching seems very like this product of coherent thought and like planning and like, wisdom. no, Keating doesn't, how, how long, how many years is Keating going to make? I mean, you know, like as a teacher, as, I wanted to talk about I how did. I wanted to talk about how long he spends lesson planning. Does like oh, does he spend any time lesson planning? The same amount that I spent lesson. This is planning. where he's most heroic, though. Like yeah. even if this is a movie about a person who's a shitty teacher, at least he cashed the fucking checks and didn't spend all night doing lesson plans. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the lesson of Dead Poet Society. You know. Wait. Is he a shitty teacher? No, I think he's a pretty good teacher. I mean, relative to but no, I'm just saying it, relative it, to a it, warden, you know. Like, if you take the kids outside, will you be? Will they like you? Kind of a mm. situation. Like, Those I are moves. I, like, if you do his moves, most shitty classes would probably like. That's you. what I'm saying. I think I tried him, and I was I, and maybe, and I just it's because of me feeling like a mm. shitty part, you know. But Robin Williams as an actor is probably feeling just as shitty about himself. As I felt about myself as a teacher, so yeah. I guess I can I can admire that. When I was at Kenyon, uh, I was one of the things I was teaching was a, a, a three session class on emo surrealism. Yes, and uh, mm. my homework for them one night, and I like really just I was like set up like homework is like blah 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 you got to do this one thing, and the second part of the homework is you have to cry. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I was like, okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was like, and I was so like, yeah. And the next day we talked about crying for an hour and like the, the feeling, yeah. the, the, uh, the internal, yeah. the, uh, the, the sort of moment of it. And like, but I was so wrapped up in thinking about how much I hate the teaching in dead poet society that I was like, so embarrassed to be mm. doing this thing that so clearly was like yeah. in the vein of it. Well, well, also very smug and proud of myself. No, it's great. It's great. I I think that there's a certain kind of like, I like courage or something in knowing that you're doing something that's bullshit or that like has the ability to be embarrassing to yourself, but knowing that it's still, that it's going to work and like living with yourself in the parking lot after you do a movie, you know, like, uh, like I sort like, I I don't know. That's what it made me think about. Like the the other question that I really want to think about in dead poet societies, like there's two moments that I was like really moved by, like against my will. Like, and I feel like every dungeon movie, all my emotions are against my will, which is an interesting way to spend. (laughs) That's how you feel. Well, not in a bad way, but I feel like, I think I'm just so alienated from normal human emotions at this point that I'm just like, Oh, I guess this is what like I feel by accident or something. Uh. And so like I 
uh oh what were <laughs> anyway I, um fuck i, uh, I fucked it. you up no I'm no sorry. you didn't i just ate a weed cookie Seth. 20 minutes ago the weed cookie fucked me up um, i'll come back to it oh no i was thinking of the two moments of like of grief that stand out to me um when clarence boddicker is pissed that he killed his son and um and and uh and when he's like my boy in the the sort of like slow like i'm not saying that that works or that's great but it's like like i feel something every time there and oh, then yeah. the other thing that i feel is when keating is alone and when his hands are over his face and yeah. like i think that like it is a really good choice that we see him kind of break down for like three seconds. It's like a seven or 10 second scene. Mm, And you just see his, like, I think that that was real. That, that was like real to what like grief feels like when it's overwhelming. And then you just have to like go on with your day. And you know, it's like this sort of partial fragmentary part of it. So like the visual parts of it, I think were moving to me more than like Mm. the script or the other bullshit, you know? Hmm. Agreed. Like, Like, like there are moments in like they're just the the when they're running across the uh the field in the fog you know which like yeah yeah it creates a true sense of like the wondrousness of like going to do a thing you know and like it it like made me have the feelings of like you know, like going into DC to see punk rock shows yeah, as like, like a 13 yeah. year old or like, you mm-hmm. know, these sort of like childhood things where it really felt like I was like moving through a, a landscape of transformation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and sort of like, mm-hmm. and was self-aware of it in the moment too, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. the sort of like, and the fact that they're wearing their like kind of, you know, out costumes oh, when I they're running across. Oh my and, God. Yeah. All I thought about was that the whole time, like how much I just wanted a hood and to be like running in the snow <laughs> Going yeah. towards a stump with some other boys. Towards a stump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be the running towards, towards the stump. I do yeah, think, for the like, rest of the... The, you know, this movie makes you want to, like, um, critique the work of Peter Weir. Uh, but one thing he is good at, I would say, is that, um, is this, like, what like what you're talking about in that scene i feel like is like basically all of picnic at hanging rock yeah. and is like yeah and yeah. a lot of like uh master and commander feels like that too like like just scenes where you're like watching groups of people yeah like mm. like move together mm. in transcendence his thing is group moods right yeah gr- what, yeah, yeah group moods yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> like i think he thinks he made a great movie about an inspirational teacher Right, and, and like that is the is... least interesting thing about the totally. movie. Yeah, that's Gr- totally. that's super. You know, true. I was thinking when we were talking about teaching, I was thinking about how the the like moment oh. in this movie where someone learns or someone where the needle is like moved for a human being is when like Neil helps when like this the make the desk set fly scene. It's like mm. the, in that scene, like Neil, that's like a lesson that Neil mm-hmm. teaches Ethan Hawke's character. <laughs> And it's like really good teaching. It's like it's like sound pedagogy. Well, and it rises they, out of their love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it also arises out of the example of like Keating creating mm, a space for true. some kind of irrational response. So like getting rid of something as being a, as ad, as an additive. True. Well, they learn a those, different vocabulary those two for that's... caring about each other, you know? Like that, that that there's this like way that you can like not be like like just like sort of dumb boys together but that there's a way of like taking on the effort of 
caring for somebody and being like, you know, this kid doesn't need for me to like commiserate about his shitty parents or whatever. Like he needs to like be, he needs some sort of explosion right now. Not like a, not like a hug. You know what I mean? Those two wrote that scene too. They did? Yeah. And the original script, uh, Ethan Hawke had a monologue that it was characterized as self-pitying. And uh, I think he balked at it. And Peter Weir just like sent them away for, for an hour and was like, okay, figure out what, what these characters would do. Wow. And so wow. they, they wrote That's that scene beautiful. on the spot. And then, yeah. It's, it is weird what you're saying, like f- to be that perceptive as a director to like what the mood of the moment needs, but also to like mm-hmm. misunderstand your characters. So I don't know, like it's true that this movie pays, like does often pay attention to the wrong stuff. Yeah important to pigeonhole certain things in certain ways, I guess, you know, and let, and let it happen that way. But yeah, mm-hmm. there were also were those, like I was, I did go to the all boys high school. Thing. Oh yeah, you did. It wasn't like a board. There were some board, there were boarders, but I wasn't a boarder. You were a day student. I was a day student, but there were some, like it's some of the tropes are just some of the tropes of, mm-hmm. you know, of, of being, of doing this thing. And it just kind of, just so strange, you know, that fraternal element and this, lo- this love that like builds like for a thing. It did remind me of like, yeah. Yeah. What parts of it like touched you in your, in your signal mountain? Well, like I said, like we didn't have, do- <laughs> my signal mountain. we didn't have the, we didn't have the dorms, but just the classroom. I mean, I had teachers that I swear they must have been riffing off of, you know, they must've been, mm. you know, high off of this same kind of thing. What was that? This was mid early nineties. So they probably would have just been, yeah. I swear like one of them probably showed this movie too. Like it was just, you could feel this kind of like emulation thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand when I first watched this movie that this was a real thing, like a boarding school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such as, well, I mean, it's so it was fucking like, weird. It was like a fantasy world to me yeah. when I first saw it. Yeah. It yeah. is a total fantasy. I mean, world. working at a place like this, it like um I would like have these wild swings between like total jealousy of these kids and the life they were living. Like at the school. Like not even the privilege. <laughs> Did y'all have like, like a chapel like this and like you would go do your no, it's like a not. It's not a religious oh, yeah, school no, at no, all. No, 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 no. But we did do a version of that, which is that on Thursday mornings the whole school would sing together. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jock um, jams. <laughs> Mostly jock jams. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think of like a pump cor- up the jam, pump <laughs> it up. Can't you imagine like a love lives on style of? Now that's what I call of, of y'all ready for this? Like y'all ready for this? Y'all. Oh my god! I will say, like, I I like it. Sing is what we called it, and it was a thing that I dreaded early on in my career at the school. And it's the it's like probably what I miss the most. That is so weird and profound. Yeah, that yeah. you say that. Yeah, the parts of it that feel like that I can relate to are like because I I never went to any kind of private bullshit or whatever you know but like just do you just yeah do you (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i was thinking of like you know i wasn't even aware of this stuff until i was like maybe like 35 that there was like a a world where like people people like thought about their future more than six months ahead and so like um 
I was just thinking about like what it's like to teach at like a Jesuit Catholic school in Denver and like all that, like there are some of the, like some of the joys and some of the like complete dungeons are there. So like, I found it like Mm -hmm. way, way more relevant than it would have been like, say like all my other adjunct shit, you know, you Mm -hmm. know, like there's a sense of like being a part of a place, but also like needing to like really vehemently oppose certain things, but also using it's like weird vocabulary to like keep people from destroying, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like the contradictions of that feel really real, but um, in a way that is like, I I don't have any kind of this type of like, yeah, just like to be embraced when you feel away from something, what, where, where, and where you find home is mm-hmm. is interesting and like it's just you know it's almost like it makes it seem so easy that they all found you know a, a place you know that there weren't like these outcasts or whatever mm-hmm. else kind of the i mean but and keating does kind of i guess lose his job or whatever at the end but i mean otherwise it's just you know it didn't it's not just quite so easy to just find find you know find that family feeling Mm -hmm. but the times in your life that you've that i had that are so it it makes you think of the like it it has that feel to it that makes me want to ask you because you've like talked about feeling like lonely as a kid as an only child and like uh did school feel like home like did school feel well there's definitely like that yeah i guess so and like, my, my you, dad did... and my, my parents were divorced, so my dad was gone. So it was like dads at school, a bunch of dads at school and yeah. your teachers and a bunch of, yeah, you know, brothers. Um, bunch of dads. Bunch yeah. of dads and brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just all kind of swirling around. But yeah, there's a loneliness factor. And to, to see that camaraderie mm-hmm. kind of play out in like a pretty, what feels like a natural way. And like, it did happen at, at school too, in the nineties or whatever, when we were hanging. And, and like, again, like when we were at UMass, like that's the, yeah. feel, it kind of gets some of that feeling. And so that like the, and the cheesiness like is important of, you know, how stupid some of the stuff is. Yeah. Life's um, pretty cheesy. Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's like it harnesses a lot of those things that maybe somebody else would cast away or be afraid to kind of keep in there mm-hmm. as kind of speaking of to it. speaking of castaway tom hanks was considered for the role of as was Rob, liam neeson as and, was, uh, oh yeah. my god and what uh, what's his name lethal weapon guy yeah mel, mel gibson, gibson. Yeah. and also dustin hoffman and mickey rourke according so to was, Ro- was robin at. williams was coming off of uh vietnam the yeah good, good morning, morning vietnam, vietnam. Yeah. How They're good really would Mickey Rourke roles. be in this movie? Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> Mickey Rourke circa The Wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson did get to do this role, though, in The Grey, when he's like, bones, poetry. <laughs> That's true. He did. Do you think that he added that and made that a thematic part of it so that he could like... Because he was like, man, I could have been a fucking dead <laughs> poet society. But instead, I'm fighting these wolves. <laughs> just collecting wallets matthias might be fighting a wolf as we speak for sure yeah you have wolf fighting most technique. likely are well, you're you're probably most likely to have to fight a wolf yeah i would say in the in the course of your year traveling like on just because he's outside more than yeah, us you're outside more <laughs> but 
and I'm, I, they're my sworn enemy. Yeah, it's yeah. true. You're always talking about that. There's there's history there. I know I know it's a sore subject, so we won't get, we, we won't get into it too much. We'll move on. I'm thinking about this family thing though, and I'm thinking about like why is Cameron part of their crew? Yeah, you know, I know, like, I know. And, Fuck and that I kid. and because I think because you know, like I was saying over this past week, like I think Cameron becomes the voice of the movie, right? And I'm starting to think also that my like hatred for the ideology of the movie is that the ideology of the movie is like parallel to those closed systems of oppression. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And so like the movie, like when Keaton bails ideologically on Charlie and is like, you know, for no reason at all says like, that's not challenging, you know, mm-hmm. having the, take, mm-hmm. taking the phone call and doing that prank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Kind of chooses this moment of like when to go after. Sir. Yeah. Yeah, when, when, to di- like, when to dig and when to yeah, which is so like so weak of him. I know, to, mm-hmm. and like Cameron at the end being like you, you know, you sell out and you save your ass. You know, like that became like sort of the true yeah. motto of the movie. And then it's like what happens inside of that system is what I find beautiful in the movie. Yeah, you know, like the. I mean, it's also like, it's very like sort of who act too, right? Like it's all about like sort of communist kind of, you know, paranoia, you know, like signing this statement, you know, like that, that sort of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. There's a, to, what Matthias was saying, like about what happens within that system. Th- there was a moment that like disturbed me a little bit this time, which was like after the play, when, Boddicker. I'm um, so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. If I like, I I tried. Wait, what a movie is times. he even? Clarence Boddicker in, in RoboCop. Okay, RoboCop Ro- two, oh. maybe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the the scene where Boddicker pulls Neil out of like the after the play, he like yeah. rushes him out, and they get back to the car, and there's that moment where I think Charlie is like, like what the fuck, basically, and um. Robin Williams said, Keating says like, like don't, make it don't get in the way. Don't like, don't make it worse than it already is. And mm. which is like probably fair in the moment. It's like, just like it, like you're not going to get anywhere with this, like at the moment, but then, so, okay. He like Neil gets in the car miserably and they're all like, they're like ostensibly sad for the moment. And then Charlie immediately is like, Hey, do you mind if we just like walk back to, and it was just like it, it was so true to like what high school kids are uh, like, like mm-hmm. that, like the the almost like whiplash between caring so much about something and then not giving a shit at all. But the, mm-hmm. so it's like kind of beautiful in its truth. But it's like, uh-huh. I don't know, it was it, it, it made me think of like, yeah, he's just like he's immediately back. To, he's like a high school kid. He's just thinking about himself like. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and that actor was the only one who was like like 30. The rest of them are actually kids. Charlie? Yeah, Charlie was like 29 in the movie. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Wait, which one is Charlie? Uh, Charlie Dalton. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just looks like Stephen Malkmus to me. I was like, Stephen Malkmus is in this movie. <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite boy? Scott Glenn? No, I mean in the movie. <laughs> a favorite Scott Glenn? Do you have a favorite sure. Scott Glenn? Scott Glenn is my favorite boy as well. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, like if we were, if we were to, boom, if we were to rank the boys, 
Rank the boys. I have boy feelings in this. Um, my fa- I think Knox Overstreet is my favorite boy, and I was feeling very like angry so, with wait, myself about that. Like, he was in the. Wasn't he in a movie where he's like locked in? He's in a bunch of stuff. He's locked in a mall with Jennifer Connelly or something. No, no, I was no, trying no, to no, 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 my friend. Wait. That is Frank Whaley. Who is this guy gets locked in something with somebody? I don't think the the movie you're thinking of is Career Opportunities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Starring Jennifer Connelly and Frank Whaley. Fuck. Yeah. I felt but, like he'd been locked in a in Josh a room Charles, somewhere. who we're talking so about. So I was feeling for Knox. Was on the TV show Sports Night and he was on mm. The Good mm. Wife, I believe. And he's been in some other stuff. His storyline is completely irrelevant to the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like his vibe though. Except like when he's like kissing that girl without her permission. I know, that's that's or, the biggest dungeon of this. Yeah, I mean he's doing such like say anything stalker shit. I know. It's yeah. really bad. But maybe that's like to the point of like this movie like the thing I was saying earlier about this movie, like all the the characters do all this shit that is like so hateable, mm-hmm. but there's like a yeah, I'm, you, Matthias, you've really persuaded me that the, it's like the relationship of the boys that is the thing that makes the movie kind of sing. The and Weir has a, has a way of, of capturing it, too. He and does. Like, yeah. He captures like the little sort of active acting that feels like like human beings of, yeah. these, of these kids. But the way that, yeah, the way that you see them together, even silently, yeah, just silent together yeah. is nice. Like Meeks, Meeks and Pitt, yeah, Meeks silently Pitt's working on their little radio and like, yeah. Me- Meeks is my favorite. Like, I was gonna say, I really boy. like Pitts too. Yeah, Pitts is great. I'm gonna go basic. I mean, Neil's my favorite. Yeah, Neil's Neil's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Foundational. I, I could I could pretend it's one of the more obscure guys. I could say I like his <laughs> early work. <laughs> but it, it's Neil look, Perry. Look honestly, if I had like completely honestly, if I was able to like spend three hours with any of these people i think Great the question. person that would create the least amount uh, or mm. the best time would be me and meeks i think like for me like sure i don't want to get into this shit with like i don't want to talk yeah, that seems right poetry i just want to like deal with the radio i mean i'll tell you who it definitely wouldn't be is todd anderson yeah <sighs> yeah what a tough hang wait who's todd anderson <laughs> ethan, ethan, hawk. ethan hawk oh 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 what a tough yeah. hang. The actor is named Todd Anderson. Mm. That, it was that, and it's like early, early Hawk, right? This is, this feels. <laughs> first <laughs> I Hawk, just... I think. First is Hawk. Is it the first Hawk? I know that Robin Williams got Ethan Hawk his first agent. Robin Williams got him his agent after this movie. I'm looking it up. Are we wow. calling that a bird strike? It's, uh, he, was in, <laughs> he was in a movie in 1985 called Explorers. Explorers. Oh. oh yeah, I read that novelization when I was a kid. Uh, mm. yeah. Oh, it's a Joe Dante movie. Yeah. Oh wow, let's. It's isn't it Zemeckisy? There's <laughs> some mean, sort of. I feel Zemeckisy. like the novelization said like Robert Zemeckis. I've never it. seen. I don't see any Zemeckis references here. But this had like that camaraderie to it that you, like we were talking about, and that poetry. It was kind of like actual Air Bud. <laughs> Yeah. So who's the clown? Actual air, bud. Actual air. 
I, I get actual it. Actual air <laughs> bud. Actual air bud. I love, I love how like 90% of your prepared material is air bud. Like you had, na- you had, you, when Seth shaved his back the other day, it, it you called him nair bud. Oh, I was yeah. really impressed. Yeah, by that's, that. it's, it's a, did that come to you in the moment or did you write nair bud ahead of time? I think that was spontaneous. <laughs> Impressive. Did your phone feel heavier then too? <laughs> when you're just carrying it around with Nairbud. Nairbud. No, actual Airbud. That's a good joke. <laughs> we should argue for it being a good joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> so is there a way in which um who's landing it in the Hudson here? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. We have when we should hand are we before land we it? get it, who wait. are we going to land it to somebody? Okay, let's talk about landing in the Hudson, but I don't want to forget to hand it to someone. Yeah. I'm handing it to Clarence Boddicker. I thought we're going to end up handing it to Cameron, I think. Oh, for narking? It, I mean, like, that's Whoa. like the classic handing it, right? He's the Hank Azaria in Heat, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but you can talk about who's the Sully, sure. I mean, I don't know. That just sort of came to me as if in a dream like who is the, i think who neil is perry the, is yeah hmm okay the, that's fair we get the like the the climax of the movie is arguably the the ending of the play mm-hmm, and not yeah. even not even the nah that's that's wrong the climax is the suicide mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. spoiler, spoiler alert <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it like it's kind of like it is kind it, of emotional. Well, no, you're right. It is because, and he's like, that's what I, that. This time I realized I couldn't remember who, who does the final act. If it was Ethan Hawke's character. Oh, wow. Or yeah. If it was I Neil. had the same thing. I mean, when they did the play, but when he start, when he's at the typewriter, I was like, oh, he's writing the, you know, it's like, and the, like this, the typewriter scene was like profound to me this time around for whatever reason, like the, the his joy, just his joy in writing this letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, from you know the freedom uh, of deciding yes. you're going to lie to your parents. Yes, that that is such a great moment for yeah. him to have. A lot, but I you think, also know that he's sealing something when he's doing it. It's a, it's a really good movie if you think about it scene by scene and then decode the tone totally wrong. You know, like if <laughs> if you sort of <laughs> what play different music. Yeah, like it really is like like this time I watched it and it was like I really enjoyed it and it was like for the dungeons and it was like the way that it like the 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 different kind of like you know cringy parts or the I don't I don't know mm-hmm. I really actually liked some of the like the like stuffy admin dudes like they were yeah. really funny <laughs> like I mean I didn't like well, yeah them, and then he like, that he gets this stuffed. relationship that he gets the, that he builds this rapport with that other teacher. Yeah, and then by the end, like that's amazing to me. Like, yeah, that felt that's, moving. That's to a me real guy. That's a real guy. Like when you're an adjunct, who like you're not buddies, but he's like, he's like, he'll just be honest with you for thirty fucking seconds, and then will like shield you from some yeah. forms of like the boot on your neck, you know. And then he'll like, steal your assignment at the end. Guess, <laughs> yeah, that's totally. what I'm saying. It's like I didn't. I don't know if I can still recognize some of the gen- some of these generosities that I like that I that I recognize in this movie. In life, and I was looking for and kind of finding them, but that's again like I've just been stuck at stuck at home for too long. I think for the moment, I didn't know like Matthias, like thinking about your 
sense of like home might be kind of expanded, you know, might be the most expanded or if it's just kind of always on the move or, or whatever, if it, yeah, if it flavors anything differently, but maybe, cause I think like, I don't know. I've never really felt like anywhere was home, hmm. but, mm-hmm. but I always, I think in lieu of that, I've found like uh, deep friendships with people that, and that those feel more like a feeling of home to me than any mm-hmm. uh, place anywhere I grew up, any like, hmm. you know, like I lived in Denver longer than like anywhere else in my life. And like <laughs> that place is, is like built to never be anybody's home. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Hmm. I never thought of Denver so, that way. So I, so I relate to that sense of like that communal excitement, mm-hmm. even though I'm also yeah. thinking about what you said, Eric. And I'm like, I think every single person's storyline is a dungeon. Like some, everything yeah. they do is something they're going to regret later. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's true. Like it, on the surface, it seems like it's sort of like either a cautionary tale or supposed to be inspirational, but it is just like a timeline of dungeons that you see, like scroll across the screen, which also um, feels realistic to teenagerness. That's what I was yeah. saying. It did feel yeah. like it was like, I, I was like, choose your own, adv- choose your own path. And it was like, well, who was I when I was in high school? You know, it was pretty, be kind of easy to kind of remember dudes that were like some of these dudes. Yeah. I was pits. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the, I can never be so tall. The the third never... the third person to stand up on the desk. <laughs> oh, third. oh yeah! Looking at the at the order and who's that? Who's the I love the when bro the, at the end. The bro. when he stands on the oh, desk. That I thought that was a... the dude for my ride. That's I, the my ride guy, right? Matthias, I... you know what that is? That's begrudging respect. I can't believe. What a great character! I I can't believe I haven't talked about him. He's yet, the most real character. Yeah, in the whole thing. He's great. My, yes. Yeah. He's your he's he's your compass. Like I have your, had that. He's who you're teaching so to. That's, that's who also, you're teaching to. But that's why I can't teach anymore. That student, that. that student is the student who likes me the most in every yeah. class I've ever taught. Yeah. Like that's the one who like that's your target for market. Some, <laughs> for some, who like doesn't do any work in the class, gets a bad grade, and then keeps in touch with me yeah. for some reason. Like yeah. that kid, those bros, like. I, like it's like a moth to a flame for some reason. <laughs> they just want to come shave your back. I guess that's right. Play the recorder. I mm. was also thinking about there's like a poetry dungeon in this movie, which is like I remember what my cousins like showing me this movie. I think the first time I saw it was at my cousin's house, like older cousins when I was a kid, and like it that the. This movie was like presented to me as a celebration of great poetry. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I think I, uh. I'm trying to figure out like when I didn't feel that way about the poems that he's like, pre- I don't know. It's like something has happened in the last like 30 years. It's not just me getting older, is it? No, it's they have the facial Lindsay. Oh, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to get really pumped about. Yeah. Like... Rachel fucking Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. But, yeah. Well, I don't know. No, I mean, it's the, but I also remember, like, like as, as a teenager who went to poetry reading starting when I was 13 and, like, mm-hmm. being, mm. you know, like, really sort of chasing the dragon of some feel that was, like, in this movie. Like there was something inherently like radical feeling about just like giving a shit about poems as yeah. a teenager. Yeah. And like, 
that yeah. like felt like it was like, you know, I couldn't have articulated it this way, but it felt anti-capitalist. It felt like anti-authoritarian. Yeah. I just knew like, even though like, I remember going to see Adrian Rich read when I was 13 and being like, her work is so difficult. How could I ever understand it? You know, and now yeah. I'm like, this is the most clear writing in the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just like feeling so excited yeah. to be in a place where this thing that nobody gave a shit about, people gave a shit about. Yeah. You know, so like, even though their enactment of poetry fucking sucks, you know, and like, and like mm. when they, everything they do in the cave feels <laughs> Horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't want to be in the cave. The no. cave is the dungeon. That club sucks. <laughs> Such yeah. a good cave. Such a good cave. Yeah. I would I would gladly go into that cave. It is a good cave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you would just shut down Dead Poet Society because they sucked. Like not because they were like anti-authoritarian. You're just like, try again. And, but and isn't it so yeah, just everything about it is so honest. Like that they would just try to that just they, repeat this thing and think that there's this magic that you're going to, you know, and, and like just this, every kind of instinct to it for that time feels pretty off, like pretty right on to me. Authentically it's, worthless. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Like yeah. in an oppressive system like that, you're, you like where you spend so much time, like trying, you know, the, like the mm. first maybe third or half of the movie is like them, there's so many conversations where someone is like about to lash out and is like reined in by the group or something. Mm-hmm. But then like the way the lashing out happens is so like stupid and mm-hmm. not like planned out. Like you, you would think logically that if you're in an oppressive system, the moments that are like, like we all are like that, the moments <laughs> that you choose to lash out would be like planful and like, considered and like strategic but what actually happens is you just like flail yeah you do something when the energy sort of is there yeah yeah you do something ineffective pointless and regrettable yeah yeah Uh, and you get caught like it's all bad that's really useful to see on film though in some way you know it's like looking at it that way it's like that's really like yeah, but that's not yeah. that's not the lesson that Peter Weir thinks he's doing here. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Peter Weir. That like, I think that like Picnic at Hanging Rock is so much smarter in yeah in a lot of ways, and so much fucking scarier too. Obviously, but just like not the way that they turn on each other is so interesting, mm-hmm. and the way that they like celebrate each other is so beautiful. You know. I, yeah. I yeah. These know. are simpler, like a simpler a picture. Of Robin like Williams a, was dude in moods. It. Yeah. <laughs> Robin, so Robin Williams, Williams and, in that. Robin Williams and Picnic at Hanging Rock? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think the same terrible thing would happen. I think Robin Williams is a poison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He poisons every movie he's in. I'm trying to think of a counterexample to this. Moscow and the Hudson? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Yakov Sverdov? Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't. I, I can't make that argument. Aladdin? I I don't know, man. That's just that, I mean, that's a whole film of poison. Yeah. And like, but the thing is, like, I also like Robin Williams. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Except that I don't like anything he does with comedy or dramatic acting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Insomnia? Oh, yeah, he's like a killer or something. He's pretty good as a serial killer. That's not bad. Yeah, I'll give I'll give you that. And he's in a couple Bobcat Goldthwait movies that I haven't seen. Oh, 
Let's that I feel it, like, I feel like they those. might be good. I can't remember. Like, is World's Greatest Dad one of them or something? <laughs> is that a movie? Did yeah. you make that up? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to tell you. Hold on. How, how many Seth Landon Wheelhouse movies can you make up in a row? <laughs> no, I mean, I haven't even seen these Bobcat Goldthwait movies. <laughs> They're just oh. places of pure potential. Yeah, World's Greatest Dad. Oh, my God. You're just teeing them up. Sleeping Dogs. Oh, no, that's not him. Yeah, World's Greatest Dad is the movie I'm thinking about. Mm. Black mm-hmm. comedy, drama, film. Uh, uh, Lance Clayton is a single father <laughs> and high school English teacher who dreams of becoming a famous writer, but his previous novels have all been rejected by publishers. I think maybe he like. I can't remember what happens in this. But anyway, that, that movie's supposed to be good. I don't know. It feels like Robin Williams was this like thing of talent but there's no place for the talent to go Mm. so it's like he had to go in movies because that's what somebody who does things like he does that's where they end up and he's like such a a figure of charisma and such a figure of like clear pathos like you can see Mm -hmm. in his sad moments in this movie like how truly fucking sad this human being was yes you know and like but he he's like he doesn't it's, it's like Swayze. Like he's not acting, yeah. you know, he, he's not doing There's a thing that helps a movie, through. but like he's in there and people, this movie made mm-hmm. $300 million because he was in there, right? you know? And like, I don't know. There's something about like these like actors who have this talent and charisma, but don't actually act and don't belong in movies. But like, I don't know. Yeah. It, that's interesting. Comparing him. That's an interesting comparison. Yeah. Him and Swayze. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you never are like, oh, uh, like, oh, I'm really, really like immersed in this like particular nuanced character Patrick Swayze's doing. You just want to see, you want to see the. He's more. a dancer. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. he's just great to look at. You know, he is. Yeah, yeah. Great I on would a horse. Look- great on a horse. Mm. <laughs> just spread him on a horse like a like just the, sh- just the shape of the horse. <laughs> just yeah. the. Sh- Introduce the shave of the horse to Swayze. <laughs> um, other, uh, oh, uh, did anyone, do you want to hand it to anyone else? I mean, like, I wanted to hand it to Cameron because of what Matthias was saying. Like, you know, Cameron's character kind of like wins, you know? Mm-hmm. He's the redheaded narc kid. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Oh, it's so satisfying when he gets punched in the face. Do we hand it to Mutt? Do we hand it to Mutt? Oh man, Mutt. (laughs) The mighty Mutt. I'm handing it to the to the like the bro, like drinking, like doing this thing. Like like, honestly, like, and this is sad, but like I kind of wouldn't mind hanging out with that dude a little bit. Yeah. Like I'd like to see a remake of this from from their point of view. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's really the (laughs) that's really what 2023 is though sort of like handing it to my handing it to the mighty mutt then you'll be leaving my door. Oh, but I kind of like it, taking you back, so you can fool me some more. 
I only look for roses when in season. Ah, but you're a rose that comes and goes without a I make my mind up, I'm just a fool Someday I'll even the score Only to wind up, breaking the rule So you can fool me some more Smoke your pipes. In the Smoke cave. your pipe. Smoke your pipes. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Smoke. Charlie. So Charlie Dalton, the actor, you can find him. He has like only like 4,000 followers on Instagram. He's like an, an acting coach. And under every one of his posts, uh, there's all these people posting, is this really so-and-so who played Charlie Dalton? And, and he's always replying like, yep, that's me. He's like, yep, smoke your pipes. <laughs> wow. Wow. You can never live down being Nuanda. He had one movie after this that was a total flop about a I bunch looked of at, like, like a bunch of the guys like just kind of all fizzled. Yeah. Even Robert Sean Leonard. Well, he's a theater actor and yeah, he did That's true. He's he claims he did house basically because he had these kids and had to fucking pay for them. So like <laughs> so he's like, I'm proud of house, it's all right, but like I, I just did that for the fucking paycheck. So uh-huh. he didn't really want to be in movies. No, and he was in that terrible, terrible Kenneth Branagh. Uh, yeah. Uh, not Measure for Measure. Um, much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing. And he is yeah. he is a piece of shit in that movie. He wow. is really awful. I mean, yeah. everything's a piece of shit in that movie. But yeah, like, that, he, I remember mm, that movie being like sort of like comically disastrous. Yeah, like, he in particular is like embarrassingly uh, Neil Perry. Yeah. Can we, can we do uh, an experiment here together and think about lucas black at this boarding school because i really think so he that's who that was that's what i was trying to say my ride he was like the my yeah, ride that's who that guy is is the my ride yeah. wait does matthias know what we're talking? do you know who lucas black is he's the the protagonist of uh of tokyo drift uh, <laughs> the guy who says bruh like more times than he says any other word yeah oh no no yeah. that's no that's the one in florida yeah, um, yeah, yeah. oh oh no no yeah. no uh, yeah. Tokyo this is Drift, the real yeah. Southern guy. Yeah. Tokyo yeah. Drift is amazing. So what we're talking about is that there's a scene at the beginning of Tokyo Drift where <laughs> I feel like I have to explain this because it's like, <laughs> do it, do it. Okay. It's like he, he's like be, being kind of like bullied by a group of like kids at this high school. And, oh, cause he's and, new there, right? Cause he's yeah. new there. And he says something about his ride. He's like, he says my ride. And then you like, but he's in this like ridiculous Southern accent. And then you hear one of the like extras or something in the background, just go my ride, (laughs) like making fun of him the way he says it. It's just like, 
and it's like just a perfect moment of filmmaking. It's I like, can wow. never not laugh doing that. Like my I did like a screen capture of that so that I could have that. She's a Mar. She's just a Mar and my ride. She's just a Mar and my ride. My ride. It's like that. <laughs> like he is on top of it, you know. But that is like that's so how it would happen, you know. I know. And like that's why he's, the, you know, the the last bro to stand in Dead Poet Society, you know, yeah. like that kid. Like he is so Lucas Black. Like he really is, or he's the person mocking Lucas Black, who we need to hear his story. I think a little bit more. You know who doesn't stand? Hmm. Cameron. 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 Yeah. Uh, Peter Weir initially wanted him to stand, and that actor said Cameron would not stand. Wow. He looks. It's so it's interesting how they do it because he looks miserable about not standing. Mm-hmm. Like he he's heartbroken in a way. Uh huh. Like he. He wants to be part of the group, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why he's so angry. Like his desire to be part of the group is what makes him like go into that room and like try to like basically frighten them all into do into like snitching on Keating. But like, I mean, he's right in a sense that like it's already ha- it, it's going to happen no matter what you do. It's like, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. tricky. Mm-hmm. He wants to stand. It is oh, still, Captain, my captain. It is still emotionally, like, really a thing for me to watch them betray him. You know, like, yeah. even though, like, e- thinking about it in a real world way, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's, for me, that's what the movie was about this time. Is like, I forgot that whole part, you know? Yeah. I just thought it was, like, an inspirational teacher, and then a, a, a kid kills himself, and then he gets fired. But, like, I forgot the whole, like, the internal kind of like the betrayal and the, the way that like mm. the system, like basically that like the, uh, like that there can't be any kind of like feeling that isn't like instrumentalized or turned into some sort of like ROTC training or whatever. <laughs> like you have to like fucking be this nightmare human being or it crushes you, you know, like, I think like that's what I take away from it now is like how mm. fucking uh, like the, the sort of weight of that grossness, I think really yeah. stuck with me this time. Um, mm. Is it Keating's fault though? What happens to Neil? No, Oof. I don't think it's his fault. I mean, I, I, I just don't think it applies, you know? Yeah. Um, no. I don't know. I did spend a lot of time thinking that like, yeah, I was pissed off about the thing Matthias brought up earlier where he like, Keating sort of like leaves Charlie out in the cold on, uh-huh. on that. Like, um, I don't know. Like Keating does kind of rev them up and then act like they should know better than to take his advice. Yeah. But is it a movie about him fucking up like that? You know, like that's mm, what I, I watched what this saying. time. I was like, what I liked about it was not that like, Oh, like it's sort of, in reality it would do this it's that like now when i watch it like that's where the drama is is like him fucking up because i think the stereotype of this movie that i had as a dumbass kid is that like it's about an inspirational teacher that Mm -hmm. like was met with that was like met with repression or whatever and it's about like sort of fighting back against that when it's like really like so you look at it now and it's just like what it's like to be an adult human being and just completely fuck everything up over and over again you know like that's <laughs> kind true. of very useful for me to watch mm, like true. you know but it's also that like what you were saying eric about the sort of the system self-correcting and like requiring the kids to like be, be monological in their self-correcting like 
a kid like Neil Perry doesn't make that choice because of any single person's fault. Like it's a, mm-hmm. a systemic trapping, right? You know, yeah. and like a cultural trapping, and like a personal, like you know, it's all of these things together. So then, you know, that 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 scapegoating and the pretending of like, like there is a an idea of whose fault it is, and it's not right. the father's; it's this guy. It's the mm-hmm. it's the the new dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, just killed a fly. Um, <laughs> probably a father. They, Did uh, you actually get it? It wasn't a fly, but I got whatever uh, it was. I think it was a moth. Um, not a Miller moth, but I was gonna say. Yeah. So that sense of like, like asking whose fault it is is like what the the mm. the, the, the oppression of privilege requires. You know, yes. it's like mm-hmm. instead yeah, of like right. caring about people as people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a better way to think about the movie is that like, you can see it as an, as an, as those things playing out rather than like, you know, it's, it's like not a fucking, it's not a like detective novel. Like you're not trying to like solve something, you know, (laughs) like it is just like, it is just like exposing different wounds, you know, that I think Mm -hmm. like, that's the part that I really love this time. And so it failed for me as like inspirational, but it like definitely like brought me back down into the dungeon, you know, Mm -hmm. like it definitely put me in the day after uh, cellar for a little while um, together. But, yeah, I think about in Roca's fifthology and the Duinoologies when he's talking about the acrobat who, you know, jumps and thuds and hits the ground over and over again, and the thud is like the falling of uh, of, of unripe fruit, um, and then and he's like, "This is the metaphor of life, you know, and like mm-hmm. that this is what humans do: we jump and we we hit the ground with, with the the same fucking thud every time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but." Uh, as the young acrobat looks back at his mom, there's a moment where he almost starts to smile mm-hmm. and Rilke is like latches onto that. And he's like, fucking angels take that. Like that is the only herb that you can collect from humanity is mm-hmm. this like moment where you're, you're almost able to smile, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and like that's, so, I mean, the, 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 I think the joys that I find in this movie are Rilkean in that sense. So like this mm-hmm. sort of like, like we are trapped in this like, you know, this this ever increasing and ever more fully within horror of of being. And yet like occasionally we have the impulse to smile. You know? yeah. and, like, mm-hmm. and like those those happen between those kids very truthfully, you know, and those happen in like the little mo- not when like when Keating is being Robin Williams, but in those moments when like Keating like feels like a character, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's like, there, there's moments inside of this like mm-hmm. terror system that like feel beautiful and true. And like, they're not a movie that, mm-hmm. that like it's keeps a, me coming back to this. It's mm-hmm. a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great point. There's so many different little moments. Yeah. And they, and you forget about them. Like when you haven't been with the movie for a while, cause the movie is like, the movie's like hitting well, it's like, you over how can the head with like carpe long. diem and yeah. like you know and it's like well, and it and it does not feel it never slogs like so where is the yeah it's in this yeah ta- this tapestry of, of of stuff that's going on a great Robin Williams moment in this movie is forgetting to take the shit off the chair so Neil can sit down oh, uh, yeah. when Neil visits yeah. him in his office yeah. like that's it's... just like such a human that's like the kind of thing you're talking about like. 
mm-hmm. that moment is really forgetting to take the shit off the chair and then realizing that and like making a space for him and pouring him some tea like that whole in that tiny tiny office in that tiny mm-hmm. yeah and the way mm-hmm. he's like the way he feels about that tiny office and the way Neil feels about it it's all like very that's very real and like mm-hmm. uh it feels mm-hmm. like like life and the moment of the curtain closing like to me is like the most beautiful thing in the film and it's like it's to me also like like it's like the moment in carrie when sissy spacek like crushes the things in the house and Mm -hmm. finally stands up to her mom and says Mm -hmm. like like mama things are going to change around here (laughs) And, and because you know this is carrie you know where this is heading but there's this moment you know like the Mm. kind of like the the joy climax of the of carrie this moment when like that character truly believes that they have like transformed something and they have like moved on to a a more true version of themselves. And like Carrie, like truly believes that they have like overcome the the horror of of their mother. Yeah. But like, you know, then, then other bad shit happens. Like Neil Perry is like, we know what's going to happen to Neil Perry, except Mm -hmm. for like the first time we saw this. So uh, there's that moment of like, his like totally ecstatic look at the sky and like the really great cinematography in that moment mm-hmm. that is like so uh, transcendent. You know? yeah. It's so brief and so obviously doomed. Like, yeah. You touch my life and turn my heart around. It seems when I found you, it was me. I believe. Open my eyes And now my soul can see A moment may be over But you're still here with me It's love and song
I love 